The first thing you do when you start a band is talk about your influences. That's how you figure out what kind of band you want to be. So who do you like? Blondie. Christina Aguilera. Who? No, come on. What? You, shortstop. Puff Daddy. Wrong. Billy. Liza Minnelli? What are you, you guys? This project is called Rock Band. I'm talking about bands that rock. Led Zeppelin. Don't tell me you guys have never gotten the lead out. Jimmy Page, Robert Plant, ring any bells? What about Sabbath? ACDC? Motorhead! Oh, what are they teaching this place? New schedule, 8.15 to 10, rock history. 10 to 11, rock appreciation and theory. And then band practice till the end of the day. What about math? No, not important. Hello, everyone. We are Liliac, and you're listening to Growing Up Rock Podcast. With Sonny and Steven. Cricket out! Hollywood, it's another episode of the Grown Up Rock Podcast, and this week's guest is basically all about growing up rock. I mean, this is kind of the definition of the show. So this week's guest is the band Liliac, and Liliac has recently become neighbors of mine because they've defected from the West Coast, which is where you're located, all the way to the southeast coast which is where i'm located so what's up guys welcome to the grown-up rock podcast hello hey. thank you for having us i just want to let you know all five of you put together are still younger than this dude right here <laughs> that's true <laughs> that is true most of the bands that you guys like i actually saw live wow. <laughs> 
<laughs> Dio worked two shows of Dio, so it's so unfair. <laughs> I'll tell you a funny story about a Dio show. You guys appreciate this. So we won tickets. Uh, me and my best friend won tickets. I think we go to see Megadeth Dio. For Ooh. some reason, Mustaine must have been in a mood. He must have had a bad day or something because he was whining the entire time he was on stage. So in between songs, he was whoa, always me, blah blah blah. So Megadeth was fine. So then, you know, the lights go down, the roadies got to set up, whatever's going on. So Dio comes out. They do one song. It was great. And then Murray came out. We had saw Striper just a couple of days beforehand. So the whole devil thing, we were like 18, 19 years old, oh freaked us God. out a little bit. So we left. Wow. <laughs> Why? <laughs> yeah. We were young. Yeah, yeah. Dio for me was my favorite show when I was growing up. It was uh, probably the best concert that I've seen up until this point. I saw both the Last in Line tour and the Sacred Heart tour. Wow, that's yes. amazing. Thank I love you. to watch live videos on YouTube that they still have put on there. So that's where I watch it. <laughs> yeah. So let's do some intros. Why don't we go from oldest to youngest name and uh, what you play in the band? Hello, I'm Samuel Christia. I'm 22 years old and I'm the lead guitarist. Hello, I am Abigail. I am 20 years old and I am the drummer. Hello, I'm Melody. I'm 19 years old, and I am the lead singer. Yeah! Hello, I am Ethan. I am 14 years old, and I am the bassist. Hello, I am Justin. I am 13 years old, and I am the keyboardist. And we are Lilyak! <laughs> it's like they've done that once or twice, Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> now, Ethan, I've seen videos of you playing guitar, though. Oh, yeah. I used to play guitar in the band. Used to? Yeah. Now, do you I, still pick it up every once in a while when you guys need two guitars playing off each other, depending on a song that you do? I mean, we could. It depends. <laughs> but for right now, Ethan's just a bass player. Yeah. And Justin is starting to learn guitar. Okay. Oh, cool. Melody, you used to play bass, correct? Yeah. I used to play the bass and sing. Now, I still pick up the bass almost every day and still practice it because I like it. <laughs> but yeah. on stage. But you're a solo front woman, right? Yeah, on stage I am, like Ronnie. Okay. All right, Sonny, so before we get into this conversation with Liliac, we want to do this. It's time for the Crank It Up New Music Spotlight. Tonight's Crank It Up New Music Spotlight is, of course, our guest, Liliac. We want to talk about the song crazy nights off your latest record what can you tell us about that song it was actually supposed to be a bonus track on the queen of hearts album so we were all looking for a song we could you know that's a kind of like an anthem type of a song that's really singable you know everyone can sing along yeah, to yeah very excited and so we were looking through our memos like voice memos and we heard like Hello. melody doing this melody line <laughs> and we're like oh this this is really good let's build off of this and so um, we just, you know, kept coming up with stuff. It was actually really hard to find a verse for it. But I guess uh, one day we found like this groove, which was, dum -da 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 -dum -ba -dum -ba -da -da -dum -dum, you know, and then we're like, wow, this is it. And so um, just, you know, we built off of that. And it's a really, it's a, a song that everyone can sing along to. It's one of the last ones you guys wrote for this record, correct? Yes, yes. exactly. Yeah. So check it out off the Queen of Hearts records. This is Crazy Nights. Feel your spirit grooving in with 
So very hailstorm. And Abigail is going off in that song. Like you are playing the RJ role the whole way. Yes, yeah. thank you. It's a really fun song. Yeah, I like the hook in there, the the melody hook. It's just uh, catchy, and those are earworms for people like Sonny and I. We love that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Everyone's got a rock and roll story to tell, and we want to hear yours. So go to our website at growinguprock.com. That's one word, G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K.com. Or visit us on our Facebook page at Growing Up Rock and tell us all about it. All right, so we're going to kind of get started. I have four kids of my own, so I spent my whole life brainwashing them. I've got a 25-year-old, a 20, a 19, and a 17, girl, boy, girl, girl, right? So I get the whole brainwashing that happens from the dad. I'm still working on it, actually. But uh, we'll start with Abigail. What are some of the first songs you remember hearing? Uh, when we first started like getting to rock and metal, our first band we ever listened to was Queen. Uh, well, that really got us into it. And I remember the first time we ever heard Bohemian Rhapsody. And then that like bridge, right? We weren't expecting it. Like, oh, is this a new song? And we were like so intrigued. Like, we were like, what is this? What kind of music is this, you know? And so I remember the day, like, you know, we listened to Bohemian Rhapsody. But before then, like, one of our first bands was like Joan Jed. And we did a cover of Wild Thing. By the Trogs. By the Trogs, yeah. And yeah, cover, you know. And so, like, those are kind of, like, the more the Beatles were, like, the first bands we've ever listened to. Yeah. And, but I also remember the first time our dad showed us Metallica, which was, oh, like, yeah. the first time we, like, started listening to heavy metal. Yeah. And we were like, yeah. whoa, this is so heavy. This is so heavy. <laughs> <laughs> now, did he start at the Black Album, or he started, like, Ride the oh, Lightning? like the Black Album. Black, Black Album. Album. Yeah. And then we started listening to the other albums. Yeah. The introduction to Metallica is important because if you introduce the wrong way, kids may get turned off immediately, right? Yeah. So you got to introduce the melodic Metallica first and yeah. then they kind of work in. Yeah, That's yeah. Cool. Justin, you remember the first concert you saw that weren't your own, I guess? <laughs> yeah. Which one was it? It was, it was John Jett. Jett. Oh, yeah. So it was, um, it was a three. It was a three band concert with John Jett, um, Cheap Trick, and Heart. That was my oh, concert. Pretty good show. Yeah, it was yeah, really cool. Awesome. But my first concert, well, us three, the oldest was Muse. Yeah. It's a m- more modern yeah. thing. Yeah, but it was show like was the phenomenal. biggest show ever, like explosions everywhere. And like we the visuals were insane. in the future. Holograms and everything. Yeah, it was at the Staples Center. They didn't let me go, though. They got a killer light show. We're not so old that we don't know who Muse is. Come on, man. <laughs> 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 it's our jobs to keep up with this stuff. Right. <laughs> Staples Center is a great place to see a show, no oh, yeah, doubt it's about it. So awesome. It is. We yeah. saw a lot of concerts at the Forum in Inglewood. In yeah. Mm-hmm. Guns and Roses and Bon Jovi. Megadeth and Scorpions. Yeah. Death Leopard. All good stuff. That's all yes. great yes. stuff. So, Samuel, what was the first song you learned on guitar? Well, I mean, pretty much everyone's first song we all learned was Wild Thing. Thing. Wild Thing. So... <laughs> Not smoke on the water. Oh, I know, right. right? <laughs> yeah, I guess that also goes along with it. Yeah, so you basically picked up this rock and roll stuff from your dad, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Does your mom also listen to rock and roll, or she doesn't dig music? Uh, she doesn't really dig music. But yeah. she helps with our shipping, though. She's the one that ships out our merch. <laughs> 
I'll tell you all since you brought up the merch. So I ordered signed picture and a sticker. It was easy to get. It was shipped right away. It came undamaged. Like, so your mom's doing a great job. If uh, uh, you, yes. you probably can't see it, but the sticker's under that guitar right there. Uh, so yeah, they're doing a good job with that. That's good. Oh, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> so I heard you guys mention some of these older classic bands. Let me ask you this question. How important is it for you guys? How important do you think it is to know the history of the bands and the music that you listen to? I think it's uh, really important, but I feel like we mostly know history from bands that we truly love. For example, Melody knows a lot about, about the Dio <laughs> and Rainbow and Elf and Black Sabbath with Ronnie and all his do-up stuff. I go back, especially with him, I go back in time to see what he's gone through and watch a lot of his interviews and live shows. You have a time machine. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have a time machine because that's one of their songs. Time machine. So I'm going to quiz Melanie real quick. I'm going to. Oh, no. Oh, boy. Here we go. And I've heard them call you Mellow. Is that your nickname? Yeah, Mellow is my nickname. All right. So, Mellow, this is going to be really easy. Give me five guitar players that Ronnie James Dio has shared the stage with. Ooh. Come on. Yeah. I know Richie Blackmore. I know Vivian Campbell. And I know there's a lot more, but I forgot. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the great thing about Dio is that he, he, like Ozzy, is kind of famous for having these amazing guitar players, right? Yeah. So you got... I got five. <laughs> I, I got know, five. I know you got five. I'm talking to her. <laughs> I would like to know the rest of them so I can write it down. Okay. Vivian Campbell and Richie Blackmore, two big ones. Yes. That's perfect, but... One of the biggest ones you forgot is one of the biggest ones in his career is who? Tony Iommi. Oh, yeah. Tony Iommi. What's wrong with me? Tony Iommi. You're killing me gosh. here. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I forgot about Tony. I know Geezer Butler and then Bob Daisley. And she knows the Jimmy bass players. Bain. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a second. You know Bob Daisley, but you don't know Tony Iommi? You're killing no, me. I, don't so I know Tony Iommi. I know him so much. He's the one that has missing fingertips. <laughs> And he plays on the left side, not yeah, on the right. That's right. Sonny, you want to give her two more guitar players or should I? How about Rowan Robertson? That's a tough one. Yeah. That's a tough one. How about Aldridge? That's a tough one. Uh, yeah, Craig Goldie, that would be Tony tough. So sad. Rowan Robertson's an important one because he was only 19 when he was in Dio's band. So he was wow. young. He was young like you guys. Wow, that's so cool. It, didn't he came in like after Vivian left? Yeah. Was, yeah. So that means he was on the the Dream Evil album? No, Dream Evil was Craig Goldie. Craig Goldie came in after Vivian. Yeah, okay. All right, so Ethan, question for you, and I'm going to ask this question probably to a few of you. So it's one thing that, hey, your mom thinks it's cool that you picked up an instrument and played, and your dad thinks it's cool. That, But when did you feel like it's like, man, I can probably actually do this? Was there somebody besides mom and dad that kind of go, oh, wait, wait a second, maybe I am pretty good? Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember where? So playing in Santa Monica, it got us like more experience. So it made us feel like more confident that we could actually play the instruments. So that's probably where we we like realized that we could do it. Yeah. Mello, a lot of uh a lot of folks wonder like when somebody finds their voice. Like when do you know that you can okay, I can probably sing. This isn't just my dad being nice to me. 
I remember I first started with my dad working with like a long time ago with my dad working on Sam on singing all the time and then my mom's like you gotta listen to Mello you gotta listen to Melody she has a voice and so I sang and then my dad's like okay so we started working and working and then my dad had the idea to put a band together and then after that I started listening to more heavier stuff and the rock singers so I started trying to sing like more rock-ish and then when I figured out about Ronnie James Dio for the first time that's when I fell in love with an inspiration, like a singer that I could just follow and learn from. And that's where I got my sound, me. Yeah, yeah. And then Abigail, tell us about this Stuart Copeland story. Yeah, so um, when we used to busk at the Santa Monica Pier, um, actually Stuart Copeland lives in Santa Monica. So he, he would ride his bike every morning on the boardwalk. And he said that he saw us perform lots and lots of times. And then... Um, he did this um, BBC documentary called On the Drums, I think, right? On the Drums. Stuart Copeland, On Drums, Stuart Yeah, Copeland. On Drums, Stuart Copeland. And he wanted us to be part of that documentary about drumming. And so, um, you know, he had his crew contact us saying, and we planned out what day and everything. So we got there, we set up, he came and we performed together. He was playing guitar on Enter Seven, and I was playing drums, and everyone else was playing. And then he also played drums as well on one of our original songs. I totally improvised the whole thing. It was really cool. We had a lot of fun. That's an incredible story because I don't think there's too many stories out like that with Copeland. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's he, he's a guy that not a lot of people know a lot about. He usually just kind of stays to himself, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and he's done a lot in the industry. I mean, not only is his brother a very well-known and famous manager, but Stuart Copeland is much, much more than just a drummer. I mean, producer and uh, just an amazing uh, talent he is. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I mentioned earlier that you guys are now my neighbors here in Georgia. You guys left L.A. to come to Georgia what prompted that move? Because L.A., it seems like, well, if you're in a band, L.A. is the place you want to be. Was it a situation of small fish in a big pond or what prompted the move to Georgia? So when we first moved to California from Oregon, that was like kind of our idea of, you know, we need to stay in L.A. to, you know, grow as a musicians and everything. And that's when we were going to Santa Monica every weekend for many, many years. And so we couldn't move from there. And then in 2019, we released our Chain of Thorns album and we released our Rainbow in the Dark that blew up. And then we also, because of that, we got our first ever North America tour um, in 2019. And so that's what we did. We went on tour and most of our shows were like in the, the Midwest, East Coast. East Coast area. And then, you know, when we came back was when COVID hit. And, and so that's when we just focused on our Queen of Hearts album. And with the COVID, you know, we weren't able to get into the rehearsal studio because it was closed down and it was really hard. We couldn't do any shows or anything. And we lived in like a really small apartment, too. And so it was just time for us to move, get our own more space so uh, we could build our own studio, our own rehearsal. So that was kind of the plan. And it was kind of an easier move to move to Georgia because most of our shows are here on this side of the U.S. anyway. So and if it fits on the West Coast, you could always just fly or whatever, you know. So it's not much of it. There's nothing keeping us in L.A. anymore because most of our fame and everything is online anyways. Got it. Understand fully in the West Coast, you can pay 
about four times as much money for a single-bedroom apartment as you can in Georgia. Yeah. In Georgia, you can have a really decent house for a fraction of the price, right? Yes, exactly. It really looks like I'm suffering here in San Francisco. (laughs) That's that's because Hollywood... Hollywood is secretly a millionaire playboy, whereas... Uh, Yeah, that's right. Yeah. (laughs) I look at two. Yeah. (laughs) Whereas I like to just, uh, you know, have uh, several rooms to myself. So it's it's all good. (laughs) With the way the industry is changing these days, it seems more and more that people stream versus play the physical product. Why do you think people are streaming more? And do you guys play physical albums when you're in the house or do you stream everything through your cell phones? Or mouse like Spotify. We do yeah. both. We you do know, both. Um, we have some record players and mm-hmm. mine has a cassette and CD player. So when fans give me physical things, I just like play those to listen to. But stream is easier. You can take it anywhere. You can even listen to it on the road or, you know, when you're taking a walk and on the airplane that's why it's a major why everyone's mostly streaming now and plus of technology technology has advanced where that you know everything's you know on the iphone it's easy access everything everyone has it but it's Um, also interesting because um we've been selling a lot of physical things like cds and vinyl records and it's still popular the way it was back then i think especially with our fans you know yes vinyl more than ever right Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, we just released our Queen of Hearts vinyl a week ago, and it's already like almost halfway out. <laughs> Do you have our fans asking you guys for cassettes at all? Not no, cassettes, not mostly vinyls and CDs, which we have. I think cassettes are the next thing to happen, like vinyl. Yeah, exactly. Dude, I, I love that I own a few cassettes. <laughs> Mello can carry a Walkman around now. Sunny. Yeah, I yeah. Know. yeah. I need to get too bad she's never seen a Walkman. She doesn't know what that is. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so supposedly, depending on who you listen to, yeah, rock is dead. But I guess nobody told Liliac rock is dead. Uh, <laughs> like, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard like the Gene Simmons of the world go? Rock is dead. We don't. Oh, we don't no, know why people keep playing rock. Yeah, they're just rumors. <laughs> don't listen. <laughs> don't listen to the conspiracy theories. No, rock is alive. Oh, it's just asleep. <laughs> it's, it's just, just sleeping. Yeah. It's just resting until Liliac comes and wakes it up. Is that the point? Yes. yes exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Fair what, enough. Uh, what would help folks, I guess, hear rock more? Because it seems like pop has all the angles and movies and TVs and commercials, right? But like, we don't. Stephen and I don't know who the next Iron Maiden, right. uh, Dio, uh, Led Zeppelin, Black Sabbath. Like we don't. It's hard for I guess rock to get that big anymore. Like what would help? I guess what would help would be because you know nowadays there's a, it's a lot of like you know the younger generation is listening to mostly pop or hip hop and yeah. stuff like that. So and a if, lot of I the music like, are becoming more hybrids. Yeah. You know? Well, I feel like if there's a someone or like you know a band that is in their generation doing rock and roll music and ha- gets a lot of attention. I feel like that's a way to save rock and roll. You know, and they can because do the like research. Iron Maiden and, you know, Metallica when they were younger, like when you guys were younger, that's when, you know, it was the golden age and you guys could relate because you guys were all the same age. But now that everyone's older, you know, this generation, they don't, they can't really relate to them and, and grow up with them. So that's why 
if there's someone in their generation that's doing rock and listening to them, then that's like a possibility. Yeah. Is the industry, and what I mean by the industry is other bands, possibly labels, record companies, like, are they coming to you guys going, hey, Mello, like, you could come join this band, or hey, Sam, you could come join this band. Like, are you guys getting those kinds of comments every once in a while? We have sometimes. sometimes. That before, yeah. but we always tell them that we're a family and that's what we're known for and we're unique about because we are a family that does rock and roll music and we just stick together. Wait, yeah, one of us, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, I gotta ask you guys real quick you built a pretty strong fan base, right? You call your fans fangs, right? Yeah, so with this fan base that you've built up, you've gotten all these streams, you've gotten all these YouTube things, you've done it yourself from the ground up. At some point in time, I have to think that record labels are going to come after you or have already come after you and said, hey, let us take you, let us make you a product, and let's build the band. That was a big deal back in our day because you needed the big engine to push you if you want it to become big stars. Nowadays, it's really not like that anymore. Nowadays, it is literally, I think you can do the same thing with a good promotion company and do it yourself. So mm-hmm. have have record companies come to you already yet? We have gotten a few emails in the past saying like, oh, would you guys like to sign um, this deal or whatever? Mm-hmm. But to be honest, we're trying to focus on ourselves independently, trying to do it on our own first and see what happens. And so far it's been really good for us, which is why we kind of want to stay independent. Because most record labels, they um, when you sign a contract, it's usually not a very good contract because they own you. You can't really do what you want. And then, you know, they take most of per- uh, the percentage. And then, you know, it just kind of goes down the drain. Well, it's even worse nowadays because they don't... Back in the day, they wanted a percentage of your record sales. Now they want a percentage of everything. All yeah. the merchandise, everything. 360-degree contracts. I mean, I heard an interview recently with another young band that's doing it themselves, Dirty Honey. You guys familiar with them? Yes. Yeah, I feel, yes. Yeah, so that they're kind of falling under the umbrella that you mentioned earlier, Sam, which is those young bands that are coming along and pushing rock and roll to the younger generation. It's a good thing. Bands like yourself and Dirty Honey and Greta Van Fleet yes. is another one. They at least at the time of this interview, had said, no, I think we're just going to continue to do it ourselves. They've got some money behind them, but they haven't signed a deal with a major label yet. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. That's what we're doing. Okay, so it happened to Kiss a little bit. You guys don't know this because you're young, but what ended up happening was, so they start in war paint, basically, right? They're, They're super Kiss, blah, blah, blah. Then here comes the 80s. They have to kind of transition to being a new Kiss, and people could not forget that they were the guys who were the cartoon characters from the 70s, right? They had a hard time getting over that for the longest time. And reality is they reverted, ended up reverting back to it anyway. Have you guys thought about, like, well, you're getting older every single day. So sooner or later, the kid moniker thing's not going to be there anymore, right? You looking forward to that? Have you thought about what that transition would feel like? for? Because each of you are kind of feeling that at a separate time, right? Yeah, so, I mean, like, as we get older we're getting better as well because every day you know we're working on this music and everything because you know nothing really stays the same as you know if you listen to our chain of thorns to our queen of hearts album there's a very big change and it's not a bad change it's just more maturity more 
more gross. And so, I mean, we're not scared about it. I mean, we'll cross the bridge when we get there, right? Yeah. Yeah. But you guys got to be looking ahead a little bit, right? Oh, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. I mean, in rock and roll terms, Abby and Sam are basically on their fourth and fifth husband and wife. And um, oh, my God. <laughs> You're not in 20, maybe Mello and Sam, but not Abby and Sam. Well, Abby and Sam are the <laughs> oldest, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's true. So, oh, that's true. That's it's just, I, I always think of the lead singer as the one that's always in trouble. So that's why I'm thinking that way. <laughs> that's what everybody thinks. I heard Mellow's the troublemaker. <laughs> Mellow the troublemaker? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> like, what do I do? Huh? Uh-huh. You, guys, you guys don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner. And Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash Pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash Pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash Pantheon. All right, so we got a series of questions here where we want to try to get to know the band a little bit better, okay? Okay. So which one of you in the band is the pop head, is the one that's into pop music? Uh, I mean, Ethan, Ethan likes video, Ethan and Justin like video games, so they listen to like um, some video game songs. What is the song you listen to? Nate Wants to Battle. Nate Wants to That's Battle. That's rock. I know. But it's like rock, but it's like in video games too. Um, no, he's, not, he's not even in video then games. Then which one? <laughs> you guys, you guys, you guys can see Undertale, Megalovania. Um, yeah. Come on, Rip. <laughs> or uh, Plowy, uh, Your Best Friend. But Momo has a really good, uh, really interesting playlist that has like a variety of genres and stuff. <laughs> and so, yeah. Yeah, it has some of the old like 2000 stuff. Like, you know, California knows how. Somebody <laughs> <laughs> called Mad <laughs> But yeah. I have to be honest. I like a variety in my playlist, too. So I have everything from rock and roll to country. and I even have classical stuff like Beethoven. Yeah. yeah. Nothing says party like Beethoven. Right. Yes. right. <laughs> all right. So which one of you is the metalhead? Uh, we, all are. we all are. Are you all really into metal somewhat? Yeah. I'm not really into the like the 
really, really like death metal. The yeah, you don't like the Cookie Monster vocals, right? <laughs> but like, there is like some songs that I do like because they're funny. You know, <laughs> <laughs> have you heard, have you heard of Necrogoblicon? They're really no, fun. they're funny. They're really they're like, funny. It's a comedy. It's a comedy <laughs> thing. It's just funny. Yeah. They talk. They just like sing about goblins and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Sunny and I have a rule: if we can't understand what's coming out of your mouth, we don't want to listen to it. Sunny <laughs> 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 and I prefer the melodic metal. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Yeah. We like melody. You know, listen, I grew up on Metallica, so I like Metallica, but I came from Van Halen. Sonny came from Kiss, and that's where we cut our teeth uh, in the early days. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let me see. Next up, which one of you guys is what we would call a diva in the band? Because every band's got one. I would say Mello. What's, What's a diva? Diva, yeah. Because I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Even when you do music videos, you have all that stuff. Oh, yeah, I have it. Yeah. Let me help you with the diva piece. Oh, can you go get that for me? Hey, is that coffee? Can I? Can you get me one too? Hey, oh, while you're up, can you get me a soda? <laughs> Anybody got a funny. towel like a wipe off sweat with? That's a diva. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I usually tell Ethan and Justin to get me stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I'm clearly the diva in mine and Sonny's yeah, relationship. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> All right. So have any of you guys taken singing lessons or musical instrument lessons, or are you all self-taught? Well, singing, kind of self-taught, but me and my dad worked on it together. Mm-hmm. You know, so but my dad did all take uh, yeah. musical lessons on our, on our own instruments. You know, we used to go um, to Downey Music Center back where we used to live in California mm-hmm. for a couple of years. And then after we became like self-taught, after we knew all the basics and all the good stuff, the good jazz. With you, Mello, is it important that you go see a voice coach, if for nothing else, to protect your voice? Well, so like I said, me and my dad worked on the voice where we figured out a technique where I don't hurt my voice at all when I sing, involving like putting the rasp into it. It doesn't hurt my voice uh, because, first of all, we work together and I practice like every single day. So that like my voice gets stronger each time. So do you warm up before uh, a gig or before singing? Yeah, I I warm up. Yeah, I warm up. You warm up, you cool down as well? No. (laughs) (laughs) You'll be fine. You're young. If you listen to Ronnie James Dio, he never took singing lessons or never warmed up before a show. He like literally would drink uh, beer and then just, all right, let's hit it. Let's go on stage. And then boom, sings just like that that is true that is true but it's something lessons also help too yeah all singers aren't created equal some people can get away with that and some people swear that they couldn't do that to save their life so yeah ronnie was an original where i saw the same thing where he never warmed up and drank a beer and smoked a joint and went on stage so yeah also singing also has to do a lot in your mind if you don't have the confidence that oh you can't do it without warming up then you can't do it but if you like have the confidence and no fear, you could probably nail it just as much as you would warming up. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the music. I want to talk the covers first, and then I want to talk some originals. So, you know, my guess is, you know, the covers kind of started because it helps build confidence, right? Especially for a young band, helps the five of you kind of gel together, which I think is great. Do you guys remember any covers you tried that were a complete disaster? You remember <laughs> trying one to go, oh, hell no, we are not doing that. I don't know. I'm trying to think. I probably we, we have, but we probably forgotten. Yeah, from a super long time ago. Yeah. 
this original songs. I mean, we have original songs that were like, like, no, we can't do it. We like, can't no, do it. We <laughs> throw them out. They actually ended up being really bad and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. For covers, like, yeah. Whenever you play, you're like, oh, sounds good. And then when you record it and then like listen back after like a whole week, you're like, that's what we played. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How do you guys decide uh, what cover tunes you're going to do for a video? Well, well, kind of like decide based on like melody whether if i can sing it or not like good you know give it good performance and then we all learn it you know but if the song is like way too high or way too low we could sometimes change the range or the key of the song but if it doesn't sound like it sounds like punch you're good then we kind of like okay next song yeah and have you guys gotten, I mean, you have a ton of covers out there, you know, Holy Diver, Paranoid, Crazy Train, Rainbow, Hate Myself for Loving You, Love Rock and Roll. Like you've done a bunch. Have you heard from any of the original songwriters that connected with you and said, oh my God, you guys killed yes. that? Uh, yes. Uh, so in Dio, we heard uh, Vinny Apice and Wendy Dio, they uh, contacted us. Even um, Ronnie James Dio's son, he contacted us uh, once a long time ago. And they ago. were saying like, oh, wow, that Rainbow yeah. Dark looked really amazing. And, Good job. Yeah. And then uh, the first time we actually met Vinny Apice in person was at the MAM show. So that was really cool. And then he was talking to Michael, Angela Badio, and Rudy Sarzo about us and saying, she just sounds like a female version of Ronnie. And then... Next thing you know, a couple of months later, I actually got the chance to uh, perform with Vinny Aptesi, Rudy Sarzo, and Michael Angelo Badio. We did some of their songs, and then they actually played one of our songs from the Queen of Hearts album, Nothing. Posted our video was uh, Jefferson and Starship and when we did their oh. song "Somebody to Love," so that was yeah. cool. Just yeah, Jefferson that's... Airplane, yeah, Jefferson Airplane. You, you said, said Starship. Airplane. Jefferson <laughs> like Starship. 
<laughs> it is the same thing and it's not. Yeah. Jefferson Starship, Jefferson Airplane, and then just Starship. See, this is all part of the history I was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy, here we go. <laughs> uh, so talking about some of the originals, right? So kind of follow me here. I'm listening to Crazy Nights, listening to Chain of Thorns, listening to Not Afraid, listening to Mars, and I'm like, if I get a chance to talk to this family, I need to know who the Hailstorm and the Pretty Reckless fans are. Because <laughs> If there's a lot of that in those songs. Yeah, so I'm guessing. We actually saw Hailstorm live mm-hmm. and we've been a big fan of yeah. Hailstorm for many years. And so that's kind of like how we get some of our influence from But Sam is a pretty little reckless fan. But I, I love Hailstorm too. So. Yeah. I know, but you are the fan of pretty little yeah. reckless pretty girls. Nice. Yeah. No, they're they're great sounding songs because there's a certain groove that happens with both of those bands that feels like it starts with guitar and drums kind of creating the groove first before they get too far into the writing of the, their originals. I'm assuming you're doing a similar thing. Like that's where you're trying to kind of get the groove down first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's basically exactly what it usually starts with the guitar. Yeah, I usually come up with the guitar first and if it's a good riff, then we kind of like build it off from there. Like I come up with the drums and then mellow. And my dad work on the melody. And then we all, I also come up with the bass lines. And then all, we all work on the lyrics together. Yeah. I think I might have saw you guys live once. So I'm in San Francisco. And a couple of years ago, I was at Carnival. Yeah. And I came around the corner and there was a young band playing covers. I must have caught the end of your set. Maybe I was hearing We Will Rock You or We Are the Champions, maybe. And I'm like, who the hell is that? And I just kept walking. I So I think I actually saw you guys. Yeah, that was yeah. So you did play Carnival. Yeah, wasn't it like May 25, 2019? Yeah, it's 2019. It was May. Yeah, 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 definitely. That was us. (laughs) Oh, good for you guys. Here's what I heard out of that. You guys were playing a gig and Sonny saw you and kept walking. Yeah. No, I'm like, because you don't understand how Carnival is, dude. There's a lot of bands playing. There's a lot of stuff going on. So you try to catch a little bit of everybody. And uh, I'm like, I think I've seen these guys. So that's cool. Yeah. But the sad thing about San Francisco. The next day. The next day, uh, someone broke into our band. And stole like our suitcases. Really? Yeah. I saw that video and I was like, man, my heart bleeds for you. But that has happened to so many bands, man. I can't even tell you. We were lucky that they didn't took. Like the instruments, uh, but they took all our luggage yeah. and like Nintendo our, Switch. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, like, oh, yeah, the computer. That's the crushing one. The Switch. That's yeah. hard to replace. That's that's crushing right there. <laughs> yeah. And then they also <laughs> took our retainers. Like, why? <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you. If you see Sonny wearing a jacket that looks familiar to you, <laughs> yeah. he probably didn't take it. But he was in San Francisco at the time. <laughs> why didn't you stop them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's talk a little kiss. You wanted the best, but you got the best. The hottest band in the world, Kiss! It's time for your historic moment on Growing Up Rock. How did the Kiss Cruise come about? Oh, that was so fun. One of the best I loved of it. Lives. And seeing them live was so cool. Like, there's so much confetti just flying so, everywhere. So you asked how it happened, basically. They have a contest for fans <laughs> to enter. And then, like, fans would vote and stuff. So we got, like, the most votes to get on. And uh, so, you know, we got on the Kiss Cruise, and it was really awesome. We had three shows on the Kiss Cruise. And um, we were kind of, like, 
the newbies so we had like the smallest like area stage, stage and everything but we packed it out like, all three shows we were like really just nervous to like fill it out but we did and so we were like really amazed and, and yeah, it was really like, cool because like the last show um some of the kiss band members came and saw us perform and then i actually went on to our class with paul stanley so that was cool also after the um show there's the artist area and Eric Singer was there, and then um, so we met. We actually met Eric Singer and Tommy Thayer, and I asked Eric Singer what his favorite color was, and it was blue. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the biggest kiss nerd out of you five? Justin. Uh, <laughs> um, I actually um, we got a gift like four Kiss vinyl records and a couple of other Kiss stuff. Kind of all so, of us. All, he, he gave it to all of us, but I have it in my room because I'm like a vinyl cor- collector. My favorite Kiss song is, I want you, I, I want, want you. you. <laughs> so why did you rock and roll all night then? You guys should have done I Want You. <laughs> I know. You show us
Maybe we'll just have to do another cover of Kiss. Of Kiss. Which one's your favorite yeah. Kiss song? Mr. Speed. Good. My favorite Kiss song is Mr. Speed. Oh, Rock yeah. and Roll Over. Wow, that's cool. My favorite um, Kiss song is I Was Made For Loving You. Oh, that's cool. My favorite Kiss song is I Stole Your Love. Oh, nice. Beth is a really good one. And I think it was a Dr. Love. Dr. Yeah, Call In Dr. Love. I yeah. love that one. Tell us about this America's Got Talent. So basically um, they contacted us telling us that they wanted us to be on their show. And so we're like, yeah, let's just try it. You know, <laughs> we have nothing to lose. And so yeah. basically we kind of skipped the audition process because, you know, we sent them videos and they're like, oh, oh yeah, you guys are on. Yeah. They're like, oh, you guys are on the show. And we're like, okay, cool. And so <laughs> we were just like doing rehearsals and stuff like that until the day of the actual shooting where they, and so we were doing Peace of My Heart by Janis Joplin. And I mean, it was fun. And it all. was a lot of fun. It was, it was really yeah. nice. I mean, there's some things we liked, some things we didn't like. For example, Melody. What? How they- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, we had to go there in the morning, 8 o'clock in the morning. And then we stayed there all day waiting, sitting, <laughs> and also doing other shots too starving until like 9 o'clock at night. That's when we went on. They didn't have catering? Yeah, and then the food they gave us wasn't even that good. <laughs> we didn't really like it. So, yeah. But yeah, but the show, like, the performance was really good. And they ended up doing only... We went through through the second round, so that was really fun. And But we didn't continue on the show because after the first round into the second round, they gave us this contract that my dad gave to his lawyer to look at it. He said, this is one of the worst contracts I've ever seen. And, like, they basically own you and... They take, like, all your money and everything. So that's why we're like, we're not going to do this, you know. And plus, it was during COVID time. So the next audition, they wanted us to do it on a video call. And you can't play a live band through a camera. You know, yeah. the quality would sound bad, too. And the cops might come. <laughs> <laughs> you guys get cops there in Georgia when you're playing? No, not uh, here. Not, no. In, in California, we did. Yeah, that's because you were trying to play in an apartment, weren't you? Yeah. <laughs> Now you actually got a house with a basement that you could play in, probably. Yeah. yeah. You guys mentioned Oregon. Where'd you live in Oregon? Portland, Oregon. Us young three ones, the younger ones, yeah. were born in Oregon. Portland. Oh, oh. We lived in Portland, Lake Oswego. But yeah, that that area. Yeah, yeah. I lived in Sandy for two and a half years. Oh, that's, oh, cool. that's cool. How'd you like? Yeah, that? right at the base. Beta, it was okay. I, yeah. I was glad to come back to California. To be honest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Didn't they open up in and out in Oregon? I don't know. Uh, I was gone by the time they did that, I think. Oh, okay. There's an oh. in and out right down the street here. You know, I think I'm going to make you all jealous. I think I'm going to go get a shake and fries after we're done. Oh, no. Since it's only 5.48 p.m. here. You're so mean. <laughs> so once this uh, COVID thing is done, what are your guys' plans? What are you hoping to have happen? Yeah, our plans are to get on the road and start touring again because we haven't done it in so long. And I mean, we had some big opportunities that was going to happen that didn't because of COVID. Like, for example, we were supposed to perform at Rocklahoma, which was a, a huge festival for us, you know, and we were like going to be one of the headliners on one of the stages. I've been a part of Rocklahoma before. Oh, really? That's cool. It was a cool experience. You guys will enjoy that. Yeah. And then um, just also working on more music. You know, we want to more original. Yeah, we want to build our studio because it's still not finished. You know what I'm saying? So once we get that done, we can start recording more songs and stuff like that. When you guys go on the road, do you travel? The entire family packs up and goes? Yeah. yeah. Wow. 
do you guys have friends that help you out or is it pretty much just the band and mom and dad? I mean, oh, for the throughout, most part, throughout the tour, we had a lot of friends that helped us out with I mean, merch. Yeah. yeah, I had but, one friend, one of my friends, she flied all the way, my best friend. She flew all the way from New Zealand and she helped out with us and she also helped with merch. So that was nice. Yeah, but for the most Thanks. part, it's mostly on our own. You know what I'm saying? But we do have a few friends who are like, if we're in that area, they, they would, come yeah. and like help out, you know? Do you guys find it's tough? Because I imagine that you're pretty much stay busy with music and playing and practicing and all the stuff that you guys do to make Liliac happen. So do you find it tough to have friends in a normal, like, you know, kid thing? I, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't know what kids do these days, but I know what it was like when I was a kid. And shut it, Sonny. No, I didn't have a horse and carriage back then. Because <laughs> <laughs> they didn't invent the wheel yet. <laughs> oh that's funny we make a uh, lot well, of friends yeah. <laughs> oh yeah it's hard to get friends because <laughs> <laughs> uh, especially like because like whenever they want us to play we'd be like a lot of time we'd be practicing so like we can't i mean is that all right are you guys each other's friends basically is that yeah, yeah. forever yeah, we do have friends, Never. um that we hang out with once in a while like usually yeah. especially in california we did yeah, but here we have um a couple cousins. of families, like cousins that we hang out and everything. And uh, we we have some parties, like it was my birthday and my brother's birthday. And we like invited our friends and they flew down here and it was really <laughs> fun and everything. So it was all good. <laughs> have you made friends in Georgia yet? Uh, uh, not, not, yet. not yet. Not yet. It's just no. cousins. For the most just, just cousins. I think it's the coordination that when you're a do-it-yourself that gets the toughest, right? So my guess is guys are all on a Google calendar. Everybody kind of knows what the timing is. Yeah. Like there's got to be a way to keep organized, right? Yeah. yeah, definitely. So you guys got a gig coming up pretty soon in Georgia, right? Yeah. yeah so the Mad Life Woodstock, Georgia. Have you guys played that place before? Yeah. Yes. yes, twice. We did. Cool. Before we wrap up, I want to talk real quick about production. So Queen of Hearts, great production. Is your dad doing all the production and mixing and all that? Yes, yeah. so he's uh, he has his own studio, and he's a sound engineer and producer and mixer. So we all recorded, you know, our parts and everything, and then he mixed it and produced it and everything. That's cool. And then do you guys have sponsors right now, instrument-wise? We uh, all have endorsements. So we have Coffin Case that gives us uh, guitar coffin cases. We have Sawtooth. I have the media symbols and CZ Custom Drums. Go um, DPS. Go DPS. Oh, DPS. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What else? Are we missing any? Chromacast? Yeah. Honey should sponsor us. <laughs> Sam, no guitars yet? No, just Sawtooth guitars. Sawtooth and, is yeah. and Carlino's too. Yeah, and Carlino guitars. I don't have any keyboard endorsements. Yet. It'll come. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it's time to wrap this thing up, Sonny, and head for home. Liliac, we appreciate your time. You guys have been great to hang out with. Thanks for answering all the questions. We'll make sure we put all your information in our show notes so the fans can reach out to you and find your records and all your information. Look for Liliac out on the road as soon as this COVID thing gets over and people can play live shows again. Is there anything else you want to add before we let you go? No, that's it. Thank you so much. Rock on and rock hard. That's what we like to hear. Sonny, it's time to get out of here. Thanks for listening, and uh, we will catch you soon. See ya. Get ready to shuffle, rattle, and roll. Play us out, boys.
make sure you subscribe to our podcast growing up rock and leave us a review on itunes give us a like and leave us a comment on facebook
at Growing Up Rock. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.